You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I knew there was something I'm like, oh, this is bringing back memories of stress. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Retro Detroit Nerdfighters podcast. My name is Ian the Well-Informed. I'm here with Phil the Phil Manager. Uh, Howdy Bruce, ho. Uh, Bruce Farrell. Um, you've been on here. This is your second time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Preston, thank you Hello. for being here. <laughs> um yeah, let's um, let's um, dive right in. Um, so, uh, Phil, um, uh, what have you been playing so far? Um, well, as uh, you see from my background there, I have uh, spent some time with the Final Fantasy remake. That's the Shinra building there in the background. I'm um, getting a new background in place, and uh, we'll see uh, hint for some other hints um, what I've been playing since then. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you gotten through all of it? or? Yeah, I've, I've finished the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake here, so i am been, uh, been ready to go on for us uh, for something else. All right. Um, I mean, like, what, I guess, like, what else have you been playing? Well, I've, uh, tried out, um, Xenoblade Chronicles, um, the definitive edition, which definitely, uh, definitely an improvement from other versions. I mean, I know the, like, the improved graphics and things like that. Um, um, just some and some just some good uh, quality of life fixes too. Um, just make the game a little, a little less intimidating. Um, still a big game that 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 hasn't changed, but yeah. And I know that our 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 guests here don't know a whole lot about this, but yeah, it's it's a to give a little bit more context to this game. It's a kind of a very long game, one that you put in more than um, 10, 20 hours into, just um, no can go, You could easily put in 100 plus hours. Um, and uh, some some will tell you that's time well spent. And, you know, if you... Um, and uh, others, it's just not their jam, and that's, that's quite all right. Yeah, sure. it's... I don't I mean, see how... You know, I, I imagine if if you liked it well enough, someone could spend one hundred hours playing Sonic Forces. So, I'd say three out of the five people here are probably not going to play that game. To be quite honest, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, from a like things like Sonic Forces, it's the type of game that you just watch. It's mm-hmm. nothing. It's not something that um, you want to see somebody like a 
live stream of it be played. Nothing, nothing that special. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's one of those. If you've seen one, if you played one Sonic uh, 3D adventure game, you've probably played Sonic Forces as well. The one thing that really sets it apart is the ability. You have the ability to make your own uh, avatar and your own custom character. And as the game progresses, you're able to customize your your avatar with uh, more more items, uh, more things to wear. Um, yeah, I, um, let's um, maybe talk a little bit about um, Animal Crossing. Hey, we've seen. Um, and we've seen that game blow up because of this whole um, pandemic. Seeing lots and lots of people play it just because it's like a, it's a very friendly family game. Now, has anyone checked on checked to see whether Nintendo, you know, um, set up this pandemic to drive up the sales of Animal Crossing? Has anyone you know, heard that theory? I've heard that theory. <laughs> I think it's I think it's just purely coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they want you to think though. Um, now, I like I've said in other episodes, that is I the type it. of game that I play later on in the year because it is um, it is a long game. It is something that you put in 20, 30 minutes to a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, uh, just to um, do routines, basically. So I, I've got a question, because um, I haven't played Animal Crossing yet, but I've seen it. And uh, I know it's probably got a lot of similarities with some other farming games, but what are the what are the types of activities in that game that you kick off and have to come back to later? Like what makes it a game that takes a significant amount of time as opposed to like a platforming game? Um, for one, it's not a it is a farming game, but it's hmm. not a farming game. It's safe. <laughs> it's more like you own a certain part of land where um, you just do like daily activities, <laughs> do daily activities like buy shirts or I mean, just you can plant flowers. It's like living you at can... home, basically. It's, it's not a game just for living planting. at home. <laughs> okay. And then meeting your neighbors. And then um, in one game, um, Animal Crossing Relief, you're actually like, a governor that can um, do these, uh, um, make these ordinances that end up affecting um, certain things within the game, or you can set off to go to an island where you can do fishing, or and eat. You can go fishing or collect bugs or. There's all kinds of things you can do. So I'm guessing some of the activities that um, might take some time in the game, and again, I haven't played it, but um, I'm guessing like if you plant a flower, it's not like, boom, 
it is instantly grown. Probably takes some time. You probably have to water it or something. Or if you're going to collect bugs, you probably have a catalog of bugs where you're, you know, looking for a certain special bug or things like that. So these are the types of things that would take time in the game, right? Yeah, like like there there is a museum where Mm -hmm. um um where you can collect um you can collect uh fossils and so you take Mm -hmm. those fossils to the museum and then um you can either choose to give that to them or you can sell them off Mm. or or even uh trying to remember <laughs> more about it it's just um there's also apparently a uh, a stock market simulator which takes the form of turnips <laughs> it's it's, it's at times it feels like a nice simulation of late stage capitalism so does the stock market simulator involve only NPCs or is there like a, is there an actual like market component to it where you're like selling something to other players? Um, I mean, I've heard of uh, markets for that folks are spending real money in to get, uh, to get things. Um, but it, there is, and there is an element of trading with other players mm-hmm. as well. So that's cool. Um, I mean, with that, um, I don't recall seeing people using in um, real money to buy things off uh, Animal Crossing. Um, you yeah, just and, and any from Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, and any any sort of uh, in any sort of uh, black market, you know, you know, stories of folks spending real money in animal crossing that's in a player to player market. Mm. That's not, that's not a sanctioned by Nintendo. So hmm. yeah, but I folks, mean for, folks take their animal crossing very seriously. Yeah. At least, at least within these type of games, um, within the animal crossing or Xenoblade Chronicles or things along those lines, that's generally what they do. But, um, there are other games like um, Mario Kart Tour that kind of don't do that. <laughs> so, one I don't recommend. Um, one of the reasons I was asking is because uh, I've, I've seen Animal Crossing compared to Stardew Valley. And I know like one of the elements of Stardew Valley is that it's a pretty closed environment. So there's not a lot of um, like you could never really play it like a massively multiplayer game. Um, Whereas I know there are some MMOs that have this open market concept where you can find a rare item and then, you know, sell it for gill or whatever it is in the game and, you know, use that to, to buff your character in game. But um, that is not in a game like Stardew Valley, which again is pretty closed. Um, Stardew Valley is, I'm not sure if you've played this press and it's, uh, I found it's more of a comparison to Harvest Moon and then mm. cross it with the characters of Animal Crossing, how they 
are um, a lot of the characters are kind of unique. Like um, everybody who knows Tom Nook always. <laughs> There's a lot of dark theories about uh, Tom Nook and some of the dark malevolent forces that he that he's involved with. Mostly, mostly for funsies, but you know, but uh, you know, some folks take take it uh, take their Animal Crossing fan fiction and into some really weird places. <laughs> yeah, one of them is not me or anyone yeah. here. So, um, just gonna let that stew around in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, um, um, I'm going to ask Phil and you, Preston, um, you've heard of Smash Ultimate, right? Just in passing. Just in passing. Um, oh, like, um, a little while ago, they announced that, um, their, um, roster is like the biggest roster within a gaming uh, with in a fighting game roster period and so hmm. they're, they're kind of um, uh, it's never it, it's never going to be the same again it's not good um, and they have uh, characters from uh PlayStation and Microsoft and uh, things like that, and um, I mean, like from other game systems. And it's like a mm. you can any character you've ever seen in a, um, ever seen in a game <laughs> that you've ever liked is basically within this game. Cool. <laughs> so it's a lot of. It's a good game for um, everyone, regardless of of age and that. I'm just kind of informing. That's all. <laughs> um, but still, still no Waluigi. Still, hey, we can go to that medium. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, no. Um. I just kind of wanted to bring that up. Do you have anything on that, um, Phil? Oh, Phil, you've oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I've got a that a invader into my into our meeting, so that's fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I um, just wanted to bring that up because. Um, I mean, so um, not a long game, just a good game to just play with friends, given uh, everything that's going on. I'm not promoting or anything like that. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, your coworkers fading yeah. in and out of the picture there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He he's he's just. Um, He's just trying to adjust the camera, right, Phil? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. All right, good. <laughs> but no. Um, 
Um, so I haven't, uh, I haven't played that. I, I haven't played much of Smash Ultimate yet. What do you um, think of it, Phil? I haven't played it at all. I thought you did. Um. No, but in all in all seriousness, you know, I don't get much opportunities for multiplayer. So a game like Smash Brothers really doesn't hold much attraction for me. Um, yeah. You know, all the all kidding aside about uh, Waluigi being you know being uh, deliberately left out at this point. Um, you know, I'm more. I've always been more of a single player. Um, it's more. It's an opportunity for me to chill and relax, and you know, go to a world that uh, you know that exists on the body of a of a deceased uh, deceased god. Then, you know, proving uh, proving my dominance over other players. That's 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 what gaming is to me. Yeah, it. <laughs> I, that makes. <laughs> That makes things a little um, considerably more specific. Um, yeah, that's a part of um, Xenoblade Chronicles. But um, um, let's, um, I guess, let's uh, move on. Um, um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but there was this one uh, lady that had a uh, brought it adopted a kid that was part of a forever family and after a year of um, bringing him into her family she ended up um, taking him back to the adoption agency and um, um, having him to go to a new forever family um, the report said that um, it, um, this uh, kid had autism and other, thi- um, other things that um, were part of his like diagnosis, but that the um, the autism wasn't what was um, affected him in his in him leaving the family, it was something, um, quote unquote, something more dangerous. And they did not get into detail on the, the child. Um, it doesn't, from the report, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, <laughs> as somebody who knows people who are high functioning and medium functioning that doesn't uh, um, and (laughs) tries to work a room whenever there are like social gatherings. I don't understand um, what happened there. So now they're um, being investigated on that. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to leave it um, I guess leave it up to all of us to talk about it a little bit. Not all of us, but yeah, I'm curious about the investigation. Like, what would they be investigating? Uh, you know, I, I read a bit about it, and 
it sounded like, you know, she's this active YouTuber and she's a parenting YouTuber, which is kind of interesting dynamic to throw into the fact that they took in in another adopted kid. They have four kids of their own and they blog about, he blogs about some stuff and she blogs about parenting. And then the kid kind of gets ghosted, like disappears for a while from her show or your YouTube channel. And then they come out with, oh yeah. So we had to give the kid back basically because of, you know, stuff they couldn't explain apparently, but I don't know what they would investigate it. Did they do something illegal? Did they harm the child? I don't, I didn't get that sense, but I guess I don't know. Well, one of the one of the things I had heard about this story is supposedly the kid. It was the kid who wanted to go to a new home, and I would guess that might be what the officials would investigate. Gotcha. It it makes only a little bit of sense to me because it's like a having autism. One of the I get about a message every week from this pandemic that uh, people with autism are known to wander. (laughs) And so if like one, one of the four kids was trying to stop them from wandering, (laughs) um, then it could be an issue, but that wouldn't make a lot of sense because the parent would be like, my kid is wandering and we're doing everything we can to stop them. They didn't go into specifics. <laughs> right. And that's, um, that's what raises a red flag. <laughs> All right. But I don't, um, um, I think they just, um, and I don't want to, um, I think a part, eh, I think some of it is um, at the end of the day, they're going to have to do like another video that says, okay, this is what clearly happened (laughs) because or else it's not going to look good on them and they're going to be continued to be investigated because we never got, we never got a, um, like a video or anything from like the child or the um, or from the agency. We didn't get that information. And it, um, it feels a little, um, I feel like I don't have enough information <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> I'm sure some of that's protected, you know, the police or whoever's investigating this would be under no obligation to let us know, but you know, their brand is parenting, their brand is family. So if they, if they let people think what they think, it it doesn't have the the optics of it, aren't that great. And that's going to, your brand's got to take a hit. You know, they're getting a lot of grief on social media and elsewhere for it. I don't know enough about it to say it's justifiable or not. I mean, but it doesn't look good, you know, so I feel like they have to address it at least to get it behind them. Um, but you know, who knows if they will, not everybody makes savvy PR decisions. Yeah. I, um, about that. Um, um, and this goes uh, to you, Preston, you know, a little bit more than anyone else here about HIPAA law. <laughs> and that. Are they, do you feel that they're 
within their video complying with it. So um, I don't know if I know more. I know I know HIPAA is spelled with two A's. Yes. <laughs> Our security <laughs> officer made sure we do that. He's like, he would present every year when we would get trained on HIPAA. He's like, I got a big hippo, big pink hippo that I put in my presentation. And for every year, if I get an email that has two P's in HIPAA, I'm going to include this hippo. And it's, for every year, he always had the hippo in there. It's really, really funny. Anyway, um, so if somebody, you know, wants to share their own healthcare information, that's their prerogative, um, certainly would not be the right of any healthcare professional to share someone's personal health information uh, with anyone else. And it's interesting because a lot of the, um, there's a lot of delicacy around this, even within a single family. So like if a husband goes to the doctor and gets a diagnosis, the doctor can't even reveal that to his wife without his express consent. Anyway, it's not, it's not supposed to happen. Um, and if it does happen, you know, there could, there could be some legal ramifications. So the laws are really strict around it for so many reasons, so many reasons. Um, uh, I'm going to have to echo Bruce. Uh, I don't know enough about the, this particular family or, or their YouTube brand. It does seem like um, they've benefited hugely from sharing so much information about their family, really in a way that, you know, I don't know that anyone asked them to have a YouTube channel that, <laughs> that tells everything about all their business and all their family. But, um, you know, if they have that and then all of a sudden there's this big part of their life that has a redacted sign through it or, a, you know, it's struck out. Um, I don't think they should be surprised if the people who subscribe to their YouTube channels start to get a question mark or even start to say, you know what, maybe this is not the type of content that I want to watch uh, on this channel. It doesn't surprise me. Um, but in from a, from a legal perspective, you know, what they share about their family or what they don't share. I, I was just looking at an article that said, um, you know, doctors recommended that um, the child get care from a different family or, or something like that. Definitely is interesting to me, uh, again, for that whole redacted reason, well, why would they do that? And then I have to remember, well, it's none of my business. Why do I even care about this? Oh, because it's, they made their personal life something very public. Um, so yeah, I don't know what sort of investigation would take place, um, but I do think it's interesting that I, had never heard of this family's name until this particular, you know, uh, PR thing happened. So there's yeah. that element of it too. Yeah, same here. I mean, with with YouTube and everything, it is a it is a it is a big ocean. It is a very vast ocean <laughs> of content. There, I mean, um, there's this one channel. I forget the um, name of it. They um, ended up getting their um, videos taken down because they were interviewing uh, kids with developmental disabilities. Mm. But what they 
got consent from the child, they got consent from the parents, and they posted that within every video. Um, um, they had their videos taken down and their comment sections. Uh, their first strike was having their comment sections taken down because YouTube um, thought that the parents weren't able to keep up with the negative comments that surround um, cognitive impairments and all uh, the parents and their, I guess, um, people that they were hiring, uh, their workers were doing a relatively good job. But I um, think it was a special, uh, special needs for special kids, SBSC, um, or SBSK, something like that. Um, I think I'm messing up the name. Uh, uh, no, um, no, I don't feel like, and with this story, I don't feel like they're giving us enough information, and I think they can, based on the, um, uh, based on the um, information they've already given. Um, but no, I'm more worried about the kid, what's going to happen, especially in, especially at this time. Like, is there going to be, um, it's not predictable right now whether they're even, whether this kid is going to have a family now in the long run. I thought the, I, it sounds like he was placed again. That's what I read as well. Yeah. But of course, I don't know if that's with a family that's going to adopt him or a foster situation. Um, I don't know that much, but it does sound like he's with another family. And in terms of owing, you know, us anything, it's really, to me, again, it's more about the brand that they have. If, if, if I were them and I wanted to continue to work in that space, I would want to be upfront about this kind of thing and not have any mystery around it. And even if you did something stupid, maybe they got in too deep and didn't realize, wow, this is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Just say it, you know, just say it and have it behind you. It's always, it's always the cover up, right? It's never what you do. It's always how you handle what you did. And, you know, there might not be anything nefarious about this. They might have been really, really good reasons. And because they haven't uh, come forward with them, we're just going to speculate, you know, could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, no, I, the last time I researched it was uh, last week. I, um, they had said that the kid was in, um, was it, um, he had not been um, transitioned. He didn't find a family. He was still, in like the foster care for um, okay. that may have changed. <laughs> um, but no. Um, so in about half an hour. All right. So um, uh, Preston, like um, we used to, um, there was a lot of games that we used to uh 
play together. Um, I wanted to kind of um, uh, maybe bring up a couple of them, stuff okay. that you've played. Um, and I grew up on the same block, basically. So any video uh, games that would be common to millennials, you know, they're millennials. Like, yeah, millennials. <laughs> I really, I, whenever I read an article about millennials, I'm like, I am so sick of the label. Like, and yet I'm like, actually, that is me. I, I, I really identify <laughs> with that. I feel a little targeted. But yeah. We played a lot of games back in the day. Yeah. I, I don't like being called a millennial. I would personally <laughs> say that I want to be called Gen Y because why not? Um, <laughs> I feel like, isn't it ageist? It's ageist. Don't call me a millennial. Come on. I, I was born in the last month of the baby boom. And <laughs> I don't cherish that label because, you know, we get run over for everything. And I, I don't feel like that. I know I'm not that person. Yeah. But, <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Oh, but like one of the games that we kind of grew up on, like one of the games that you really liked and, and most of the people in this room was a game called uh, Tetris Attack. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No Tetris. <laughs> I, I can see your face, Bruce. Oh, my gosh. It's cracking me up because you're like, how is Tetris competitive? What are you, what are you yeah. somebody with? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like it's like rubik's cube attack it makes it just as much sense. Right. <laughs> you gonna throw it at me what are you gonna do yeah it's it's kind of nintendo spinoff of tetris company's tetris where um instead of having four figure blocks uh, um uh, instead of having um um, what it's called tetrominos, where four blocks are connected to each other in different patterns. It's this game where um, you have the blocks in place and you've got to switch them around. It's a lot like um, Bejeweled in that sense, but then you're either uh, playing for a high score or you're facing off against someone. <laughs> yeah, so in in the Tetris that everybody knows and loves, the blocks fall from the sky and you have to reorient them before they touch the ground because once they touch the ground, they're fixed. Um, with Tetris Attack, it's uh, the gravity of it is a little different because it's the floor that's rising and what you have are blocks of different colors. So it's the solid line usually of blocks across the floor um, and as they rise, you have the opportunity to flip them um, only horizontally. So you can't ever flip two blocks vertically. You can just flip them horizontally. And if you line them up in at least three blocks of the same color, they will disappear. And then everything above them sinks. So if you match more than three, or if you do a chain where three disappear and that connects another three that disappear, in either situation, you send your opponent a block that falls from the sky. That's like a concrete block that's like wider than a single block. And so that makes it much more of a threat to them because that if their floor touches the ceiling, there's actually a little bit of a pause. There's like a lag and then they lose. 
So that lag is important because toward in the later stages of the game, um, you know, you get like one or two seconds of that lag to reorient maybe one or two line of like a very, very few blocks because the rest of your screen is just a giant concrete mass. <laughs> so this um, is these are the Bowsers of the game. They like send you these giant things. Um, but, and you uh, got to take advantage of that two seconds. Sorry, Ian. Oh. Well, what did you say? Hey, while there's Tetris, there's um, there's a pattern. There's a um, there's a pattern involved. You want to make as many like you want to build as many Tetrises as possible. While here, when you're facing off against the person, um, it's not to say that they have their own pattern. It's a harder game because they have their own strategy. Like, and even the, like, even if you have an easy character that generally is, if they, um, if they, um, if they have stuff in the right place, they can potentially be that much harder. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And then even what you what you attack your opponent with, um, they can, you know, when they match three that are touching the block that you've sent to them, it will deconstruct into blocks that uh, they can destroy. And they can use the, you know, little pause of time to predict what their next move is going to be. And so if you send them blocks indiscriminately they may use them to kind of counterattack you but i was going to say one of my favorite parts of the game is that you know sure you can develop whatever kind of strategy you want um but really like the colors and the characters of the game are so like friendly i mean it's yoshi it's all these different yoshi characters and um and the music for it is like so peaceful and sedate but the gameplay is like so uh, intense that, you know, um, gosh, there's a name for this phenomenon. People who used to play regular Tetris for so long that when they closed their eyes, they would see Tetris blocks falling. <laughs> a form of hallucination that's been documented. Yeah. And uh, if you ever want to experience it, just spend a couple hours playing Tetris attack because it is basically a guaranteed generator of this particular condition. But no, a, a like Tetris attack, it's um, what I've, I try to play a, if I play that game, I tend to only play for an hour because after a little while, Everything starts looking the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will lose no matter what. <laughs> but, but no, it is a it is a fun game to me. But uh, it's um, what I've studied, what I've um, learned from this game is that it's um, it's a lot like. Um, a lot like managing people correct it's like you have uh, uh everybody has their own unique they uh, has their own strategy and 
uh, I'm looking at it from a <laughs> from a high level right now. It's a lot like um, a, you use your own strategy to counter or um, counter another person's. It's all based on it's all based on your speed. It's all based on um, on reaction time, and then it just um, less planning ahead and being uh, more being more instinctive with how um, the things are going to line up. Um, but no, I. Um, but no, I. <laughs> I agree with you, Ian. Yeah, there's a certain element of like um, having to think on the fly. There's only so much strategy you can do because you're going to have to respond to a situation as it comes up. Um, and sometimes that's just the best way, whether it's your, you know, just twitch reflex or like trying to improvise. Um, there's only so much that you can do to plan for the future because you're never going to work out every every possibility. Yeah, um, lots of different um, 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 building a strategy, and then yeah, just um, either having enough time or not having enough time, and just improvising from there. Yes, um, but yeah, um, but yeah. So I have we have ten more. Uh, yeah, about 10, 20 minutes left. Um, Bruce, like, um, I know that with, like, pandemic and things of that nature, things have changed. Um, um, things have, uh, you haven't been working as much, like, in, within an office space, correct? No, we're not even allowed in our office. <laughs> Oh, it just, um, but, but um, for me, for me, it's not that different because I work from home most of the time anyway. Um, I, what I do, I'm a proposal manager, so I can do that anywhere as long as I have a computer. Uh, my team is typically in the office and I have team that staff here, I have staff in India and everybody's home, you know, it, nobody's going anywhere. So it's more managing people for me who are in a different environment. And I usually go in for meetings, you know, a few times a week, but now I just don't do that. We do this. That's, you know, why I was joking before that started that if this era had a motto, it would be you're on mute <laughs> because that every meeting there, that, that just happens every meeting. And you know, I've been that guy too. And I even have, a, I even have a microphone off, <laughs> you know, and, and still sometimes I will not realize it's on or off or whatever. Um, so it, for me, it's just, that's changed, you know, but my day to day life, I'm an introvert anyway. So, you know, I'm stuck with my wife. Who's like the person I most want to be with anyway. So it hasn't really been that bad for me. I mean, I mean, for me, it's, yeah, I am introverted, but I, <laughs> I have it in me to always, um, I love to stay busy. I can't stand not being busy. So if it's not doing this podcast, it's working. If it's not working, 
it's studying for a test. If it's not studying for a test, it's um, trying to connect with people any way I can. So (laughs) it is a little bit harder or even... um, even connecting with your children to that <laughs> regard. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's a little bit hard for me. <laughs> I have to, <laughs> I have to stay busy. But. Yeah. It's harder for my wife I, and I have friends I, because I'm a musician. I have a lot of friends who are musicians who they're not like me They're They want to be out all the time. You know, they're, they already started playing places. Some of them, which to me is nuts because I'm not ready to do that at all. I'm, I'm, too paranoid about all this. I'm not I don't want to get sick and die. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> seems like a thing to avoid. You know, uh, it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm saying this from the comfort of my place, right. so exactly, um, and so is everyone else here. So, um, Phil, what do you think? <laughs> How do I feel about working from home? Yeah. Uh, well, I've gotten used to it. You know, I have coworkers here who, you know, are just aren't going to listen when I say I can't be interrupted. So that's not really a change. <laughs> just here, the coworker is five years old and that comes with the territory. Um, but uh, I miss going to the office. I miss, you know, I miss seeing the folks, you know, there, you know, seeing them every day. Um, and, uh, you know, am I going to be full time? You know, I'm, now that I've adapted to work from home, could I see myself doing it out a little more? Yeah, probably. Um, I'd like to have the option to go to the office, you know, from time to time. Um, for, you know, meetings or, you know, just want to get out of the house kind of thing. But, uh, other than that, I'm just kind of just, uh, getting ready for the long haul here. And with, uh, cases, uh, spiking all over the country now that, uh, lockdowns are ending, could be, could be like this for a while. Yeah. Having... Yeah, having potentially more um, there. Um, just saw a chart. Don't know if it's legit that we're now having a second wave. Um, but is it a second wave or is it just a continuation of the first wave? Yeah, I saw an article about that this morning. I didn't read it. I saw the headline, but it was you know, is has this wave really ended? It, doesn't seem like it. I mean, I want everybody a link to uh, a dashboard and you guys maybe already have this, but if not, this is the thing that I check like every day, every other yeah, day. Yeah. Well, I checked this one in uh, world meter hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to believe that the second wave, because I believe that we're at a baseball game. So, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> But so we have so we're gonna have seven innings to go. Is that what you're saying, Ian? <laughs> no. 
I Jesus. want this to I want this to be the bottom of the ninth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'd all love that. Uh, but some places are just ramping up. I mean, I, I have a team in India, and things are really just starting there. Hmm. And they're start they're starting to talk about opening things up. You know, and as it is, you know, that's having been there. It's it's a if that gets you know. I don't know how you don't stop it, honestly, because it's such a densely populated area. It's it scares me. I mean, the only way that, <laughs> and it's been said by multiple health officials, the only way to stop this is by making a uh, um, having a vaccine there. Right. So. Right. Or significantly better treatment, but I, we'll probably get better treatment before we get a vaccine, but I don't know how significant it's going to be. And in a place like India, where access to healthcare isn't quite the same, I would say, as it is here, um, and it's not even great here, um, then I, it's it's going to be hard. I think you're right. A vaccine's that's the only path because it's it, vaccinating a bunch of people is a lot easier than treating a lot of people. It definitely is, speaks to, you know, I was looking at a, an article that somebody forwarded to me from work and it was like 50 pages. So I didn't read it, <laughs> but, but the headlines of it were that there are like three major steps to containment of uh, coronavirus. So the first is that there needs to be diagnostic ability. So the ability to test people robustly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because just because somebody gets tested on Monday, doesn't mean they didn't get it on Tuesday. You know what I mean? So people have to not only have the ability to be tested, but there have to be enough tests to go around. And that was like a major challenge when the virus first hit the U S is there just weren't enough tests to go around. And even the tests that came from the CDC were faulty. So yeah. that's really, you know, um, that, that is what it is. I think the second element of it was um, something about um, encouraging people or businesses to be able to cope with whether it's working remotely um, as, you know, as people are able to, and then there's some work that can't be remote, but whatever, you know, making whatever can be remote, give that ability, be flexible about supporting that. And then the work that can't be remote, you know, training people to be able to do that safely. And I can't remember what the third one was. I know that's two of the three. And the testing is just huge. And we downplayed it for a long time here in, in this country um, and other countries obviously embraced it. And it, I, I speak with a bit of experience because I've actually had COVID, but I oh, didn't wow. know it. Um, I was exposed on St. Patrick's day and we were doing a virtual show, not out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Right after that, uh, one of the people got sick and um, and then two other people who were there got sick. And I didn't think to get tested because I felt fine. I mostly just freaked out and waited to get sick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, I have quarantined myself because mm-hmm. I realized that I might have it. Um, and my wife was in Cuba for for most of that time. Um, and that, then I, I never developed, so I never really thought about it until my doctor said, you should get tested for the antibodies. And mm-hmm. I did. And well, you got him. You had it. <laughs> you just didn't know it. You know, mm-hmm. you're just one of the lucky ones. Like, 
that's great. Except yeah. it doesn't mean anything because they don't even know what it means. Am I immune? I feel like congratulations are in order. Like, <laughs> I, is, I, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I wanted to feel that way, except then, of course, he follows it up with, of course, you could get it again. We don't really know. And, you know, and we don't know if, even if you are immune, how long it'll be. And you could still be a carrier. We haven't learned that yet. So it's like, yeah. so nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's changed. All right. This is where you guys are going <laughs> to. You know, accuse me of wearing a tinfoil hat. Okay, <laughs> get it. It's, um, it's like, I, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Ian. Oh, it's like the Nico Stoffer case. We don't have a when we when we knew that it was in America, we weren't given enough information. Right. <laughs> and I think a part of it is it's this disease that takes two weeks to ferment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and that's not like other diseases. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I'm, I'm super, uh, I, I, I'm hesitating even to use the word skeptical. Um, but I, I would, I would love to evaluate for myself the efficacy of whatever studies are cited that say, well, even if you get sick, you're still going to need to come back to this particular manufacturer of this particular <laughs> drug that's going to protect you. You're going to need to come back to them every year. And, <laughs> and, you know, don't worry because your copay will be very low, but your health plan will foot the rest of the bill. Um, I, I just, you know, I can't see that situation without seeing what the member out of pocket is, what the actual <laughs> net payment is for the drug. Um, and then also, you know, I'm, I'm weighing the, the efficacy studies that are done on flu vaccines every year, some of them, and I'm not exaggerating, some of them conclude that the flu vaccine had a 0% efficacy, like zero to 10% efficacy. And I'm like, really? Anyway, I, I just know also, and this is purely anecdotal, I get it. But the one year I got the flu vaccine is the year I got the flu. Okay. And this is in the last 12 years. So every other year, I didn't get the flu. I didn't get the flu vaccine. So that's just my experience. This is my, I'm, I'm sorry to have released my HIPAA onto you guys. It's a yeah. fact. That's what yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, a never, a, they question, can they do it, but never ask if they should. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. The Jurassic uh, Park of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, I, I would be very excited to see any sort of, whether it's treatment for people who have it or any type of vaccine that would prevent people from getting it. Both of those, I think, would be really welcome at this point in time. And then I would also maybe want to remind the people who do that of Jonas Salk, who came up with the vaccine. Uh, I can't remember what he found the vaccine for. But anyway, he didn't charge it's polio, for it. wasn't it? Polio. Was it polio. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. So, I mean, he didn't yeah. charge for it because he thought, oh, this is going to save a lot of lives. So whoever's, whoever's working on that vaccine, maybe keep that in mind. Uh, might be a shrewd decision. Yeah. Right. The world will thank you or <laughs> right. it won't. Yeah. I'm not that optimistic, but that's such yeah, a same. grand gesture, right? I mean, if that doesn't get you sane to it, I don't know what does, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um um dave are you here yeah oh, okay so um 
Hey, do we have anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, yeah. Um, but um, Bruce, uh, where can we find you? RuseFarrellMusic.com. Um, and you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. Uh, Preston, where can we find you? Uh, Ypsilanti or my LinkedIn profile, which looks pretty much just like I look right now. I've got my picture <laughs> up there. So. <laughs> All right. Um, Phil, where can we find you? You can find me in my basement hiding from my coworkers while I try to play Xenoblade Chronicles some more. Uh, um, you can find me in my uh, bunker um, or on my website, inform.com slash RDNL for latest episodes of this. Um, and, and, uh, I, I assume that bunker has passed inspection, Ian. Yeah. Yes, it passed Ian's inspection. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But no, um, like, hey, we should change up the uh, outro too. Like, instead of, um, I know that we talk about DFTBA, but it's more of a matter right now of just making the world, um, well, suck less because of everything that's happening. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, yeah, I think I think we all just need to do our part to uh, contribute to the world sucking less. I think well, so. 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 All right. Thank you. And um, um, I don't want to end off with good will hunting, but I will anyway. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, um, thank you for Watch being your here. hands. Wash your hands. You're talking to me, right? (laughs) Talking to anybody who will listen. All right, yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This was nice. Yeah, thanks. Talking with you, Bruce and Phil and Ian. Thanks so much. No problem. All right, thanks. Right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too.